The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christian conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. Um, we've got an interesting show coming up, and uh, right as everything started, my earpiece came apart, and half of it is gone. <laughs> so um, I've got one still in my ear, so I can uh, hear from that. So we're going to do the best we can with it. Anyway, if you want to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com or sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com right now, you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, and you scroll down right here on the right side of the face, uh, right side of the page, you will see the face that's made for radio. Uh, right here on the right side. And right above it is Bradley's show from yesterday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time that will go live. You'll be able to catch Bradley on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then also right above that is a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter. Please do that. That's a way that you can be informed. Some of you, uh, like even yesterday, when we had Franklin Sanders on, a lot of you guys really enjoyed Franklin Sanders. We're going to have him back on probably next month. Um, He said they got uh, quite a bit of calls from you guys. But some of you guys were going, hey, what was that number? What was that website? What was this, that, and the other? Those go in the archive. And the archive looks like an article on sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want that every day, like if you forget to look it up, you know, in the middle of uh, or the middle of the morning or whatever, when I post it, sign up here, subscribe to the newsletter. You'll get it in your email. We don't rent your email. We don't sell it. We don't give it away. We don't spam you. None of that. You get one email a day from us. And you might have to check your spam mail because a lot of these uh, free email accounts, Gmail, Hotmail, all these guys, they are censoring us just as bad as Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Okay. While you're there at sonsoflibertymedia.com, if you like the message that you hear at Sons of Liberty, we're not pushing Republicans, we're not pushing Democrats. Um, I don't even know what it is over there for Dr. Corbett and Kevin as far as uh, in in the uh, in the UK. I know they have the Labor Party and the Democrats and stu- all kinds of stuff over there. We're not pushing any of that stuff. We're trying to push the truth and the law. That's what we want to push. Okay. That's what we all should be able to say that we're united around. So if you agree with that message, 
there's a donate button on the Sons of Liberty. We let you know that we have needs. If you can help us meet those needs, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, you can click that and do it, or you can partner with us. You can become a son or daughter of liberty. That's a monthly uh, donation that you set up at, at your convenience, and uh, and that comes out every month. And then also there's our store. Some of you like the T-shirts that we've got, the coffee mugs, the uh, water bottles, and other things that we have in there. They not only make great conversation starters for you, but they also help us do what we do, not only on the radio, not only on the Internet, but out among the people as well. So we appreciate your support in every way that you give it, through prayer, finances, and also coming on and listening to the show. We really do appreciate that very much. Now, with that said, uh, Kate told me she's running late. You know, she's a, she's a lady. She's got to do her primping and stuff. <laughs> and this is why I used to not, I just, I hate shaving, uh, but I have a wife who likes a smooth face. And so I, I shave for her, but uh, I don't like primping. Um, some people say, why do you have long hair? Well, cause I don't like primping. I can throw it in a hat and I don't have to mess with it. Uh, you shave it. I've shaved my head. You constantly have to shave it. Uh, you let it grow long. You can just go right at the back and you're, and you're good to go. But if you keep it in the middle, then you got to do all that jail primping stuff. I ain't a print boy. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> so in any case, she's going to be running a little late, but we have Dr. Kevin Corbett with us this morning. And we're going to be talking about several things that we're going to get into some technocratic issues this morning. And also, uh, one of the issues here, um, uh, Maria, I'm, I'm really, uh, that's that's really sad that you think like that because you're already on to things. But before I bring Kevin on, and right on time is uh, Kate uh, joining us. <clears throat> and good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning to you, Kate. I don't know if she can hear me just yet. Yeah, morning. I can hear you. Okay. Good morning to you guys. I may have to redo us because I set us up a little different uh, on the screen. Oh, it works just fine. Okay, great. All right, and we got good big pictures for both of you, so so good morning to you. And uh, we've already got somebody saying they agree with the queen. I refuse to interact with anyone I know who hasn't been vaccinated by the COVID-19 experimental guinea pig injection. Uh, she didn't say that. I added that part in there. It's truly disrespectful <laughs> of others unless they isolate themselves or move to an island like Typhoid Marty lived out her life on. Well, Maria... How about it's totally disrespectful for the CDC, the FDA, the Chinese CDC, the Canadian CDC, and every other organization to never isolate the virus. How about that? When you can do that, maybe we can have a discussion on really what vaccines are all about. But until then, stop peddling your propaganda. Anyway, with that said, let's bring up the first thing here because I, I found this kind of... Uh, I just, I find it funny that the queen, uh, I thought this lady was out of the country here, but here's, here's what she's done. Queen urges people not to be selfish when it comes to the vaccine. Take that vaccine. It's for your good. And this is, this, look at these. I mean, look at this. What, what is going on here? This is Philip, right? Isn't this guy Philip? Yeah. I mean, what is going on with him, man? He looks like he's come off a hard night or something. Um, but they're they're telling the people, don't be don't be selfish. Here, in response, the queen who received her vaccine in January said, "Once you've had the vaccine, you have a feeling of you know you're protected, which is I think very important. Yeah, it's important to feel protected, but not actually be protected, right?" 
It's like putting a, a raincoat on to stop the bullets that are coming at you from the, the bad guys who are gonna who are gonna try to kill you. It's really it's really kind of silly. Uh, by the way, if you want to call in two one five top talk two one five eight six seven eight two five five. Uh, Kate, I'm going to toss it over to you first. What do you say about the queen here? Well, first of all, it might offend a lot of people, but is that the queen? I listened to that, and the first thing that popped into my head was her accents changed. And and then her uh, uh, her whole demeanor has changed. The way she, uh, I know Dr. Corbett's picked this out, the way she's sitting. Um, she looks very, she looks more useful on the video. Uh, the actual language that was used, really, really, we see we see the monarch of this country who signed an oath to God and country. And now she's telling us to, well, this particular person on this screen is appearing on some kind of Zoom meeting. Really? Is that is that where we go now? And uh, and, and, you know, I was used to seeing her on a balcony waving to her subjects, not appearing on a Zoom meeting. And, and then she's saying, for those of you who've not had a vaccine, you need to think about others. We need to think about others with a less than 1% death rate, no symptoms, and they want to give you something that's going to desecrate this body that our creator gave us in his image. And it's got aborted fetal cell lines in it. Really? Really? Has she not just broke her oath? If that was indeed, like I say, the queen, because I don't believe that anyone who's declared an oath would do that and then I, I I I was somewhat amused you know to say it like you say it's you're protected it it, it, it the government's even told the people that that it doesn't it well we know it's a device it's not a vaccine it doesn't stimulate immune response it doesn't cut transmission you've still got to wear a mask you've still got to socially distance so what exactly is it doing apart from what we've seen all over the world and on veyas uh, and here on the UK and videos everywhere other than killing people, damaging people's health. But I did, like I say, I, I found the like likening it. Now, I know that our veterans and our, our military, they, uh, they fight for queen and country. So I felt it was extremely vulgar, whoever wrote that speech, to liken it to wartime. You know, this we haven't seen the people coming together. And she talked about wartime. Really? They're going to liken a less than 1% death rate to the amount of young men and women and civilians that lost their lives in the First World War, the Second World War. Really? That's how vulgar it's getting. Well, Kate, so I'm sorry I'm not buying any of it. Kate, let me, let me chime in on that a second because uh, we had a EMT worker. He writes for us at SunsLibertyMedia.com, Steve Richards. People can catch his article on will there be more deaths from the vaccine than COVID. And he's already calculating that like on a small scale locally. I think in his uh, county, or I think it was his county, they had one pe- one person die allegedly, allegedly of COVID. And I say allegedly, guys, because if you were paying attention, we played for you uh, Dr. Deborah Burks and, the, and Trump's coronavirus fantasy doctor you know, league or whatever. And saying that they were just chunking everything under COVID. So uh, there is no way, when, even when they say COVID only, there's no way to determine that because, as I said to Maria, they've never isolated the virus. So how can they say somebody died from it? Or how can they create a vaccine from it? But I think there is a war, Kate. But the war is not what they're telling us. It's a war on us with the vaccines. That's what I think is going on. Absolutely. And, uh, and like you're saying about 
the vaccine. I was speaking to my beloved sister in Australia this morning, my, my Saturday morning thing that I do. And in Australia on the news, they're being told, I think she said 50 million had been vaccinated in the UK. 50 million. Well, I don't know where they're getting these figures from because that isn't possible. It's not feasible to do. 50 million people. And, and it's this thing that I had someone call me last week and she said, oh, everything's going to open up soon because everyone's getting vaccinated. No, they're not. They're not everyone's getting vaccinated. But it's that old business trick, isn't it? When someone rings you up for an appointment, you don't go, when would you like to come? Pick your time because that makes you look quiet. And then that wouldn't put someone wouldn't have confidence in your business. So what you do is you give them a time. Let me look. I'm really busy. So that people think that you are very busy, people are coming for your services, therefore you must be good and safe. So by telling the populations, millions have had it, everyone's had it, it's so that people can go, oh, it must be safe. I'll go and get it because the BBC says it's safe. No, folks, it's not safe. They're lying. They're the lying liars of lies. And I believe they're roping in dodgy actresses now, uh, pretending to be those of influence. Oh, well, if the Queen's had it, we should get it. That didn't look like the Queen. It didn't sound like the Queen. And I'm not buying it. It's a crock. Okay, then then let me ask you just a question here. Because, you know, I read some weird stuff on a particular site uh, that talks about clones and actors. And, and look, I, I realize that people who are in prominent authoritative positions have body doubles. They've, they've had them for decades. I get that. Why use a double in this situation? Is the queen sick? Is the queen dead? What do you? What's your perspective on that? I mean, are other people talking about that in England as well? Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. To be perfectly honest, on this one, other than you know, everyone's talking about her saying, "Don't be selfish, <laughs> don't be selfish." Well, let's see. You hope you're not Buckingham Palace and having all the homeless people in there that are on the streets while there's this big pandemic. Let's not be selfish, Queenie. You've got lots of spare rooms there. And don't forget, you've got lots of other houses. Amen. So all these homeless people that are out there exposed to the pandemic, um, uh, and they're not getting it. And they, because they have no fixed abode, they're not breaking the rules. Let's get them all in there as well. Don't be selfish, Queenie. Yep. So uh, it's, you know, it's just all one big pantomime. The pandemic scamdemic, and we're in pandemic two at the moment. Yeah. So um, this appears to be, what's being told, what's being peddled, uh, what's being pushed out there. It's never as it seems. And I, I'm always quite amazed by the safest job in the UK seems to be to join the police force um, serving the Queen. And um, because you can rock up in great numbers or in threes, travelling to distant locations to serve court summons three at a time and have a jolly out for the day in the sunshine. And, and you're exempt. And you don't catch anything. It's yep. fantastic. What yep. a safe job. I, I completely agree with you. I, I often think of when people talk to me about the Pope and speaking oh, excuse about... excuse me. Excuse me. That's yeah. I lost my train of thought just before I forget. When we were in Trafalgar Square on the 19th at the um, the rally that was done on the, the 19th, and I was MC, and Dr. Corbett spoke, and many others spoke, we had Robert Lamberti, one of the world's leading George Michael singers. He actually was George Michael in the movie. He played George Michael. He sang for Trump in 2019. He not only sounds like him, he looks like him. He dances like him. I've sat and had lunch with this guy personally. 
it was like sitting with George Michael. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry, but, you, you know, I'm not fooled. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you bringing that in. And by the way, uh, Saturday, we, we've decided that uh, since Dr. Corbett has become such a regular here, and we appreciate your time very much for joining us with Kate, and uh, we're going to call it the Kevin and Kate Show, or the Kate and Kevin Show. <laughs> However you want to do it, you can switch it up. It's both Ks. The Double K Show, we'll call it that. And uh, Dr. Corbett, I, do you want to chime in on some of this and then lead into some of the other things we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about this the, the technocratic health tyranny that's going on there, too. Do you want to chime in just a little bit on the on the Queen before you go into that? Oh, I mean, it's quite interesting what's happened because a lot of people have seen through the unreality of COVID and SARS-CoV-2 and the layers of propaganda that are masking for reality. And... and, and Ordinary, everyday people aren't stupid and they can see through this. And it's quite feasible, it's feasible, quite likely, quite possible, some would say probable, that actors have been employed as doubles to uh, mirror the government propaganda here. But that's, that's probably going to be difficult to prove at this stage. And these things come out over a period of time, don't they? They emerge, the truth emerges. And what is true, though, at the moment, is that we're in this phase of propaganda where the government are assuring us everything's safe, these vaccines are safe, and everybody must have them in order to return to normal. So that is the, that's the narrative that's being peddled from the British government and the official scientists outwards to the public through the BBC and the other mainstream outlets. and. It's ratcheting up every day, this, this narrative. And every day they're getting somebody else to come on the media. They're banging a drum for something else. It's, it's, it's a ratcheting up of the fear porn. And I think having the Queen as part of this is almost predictable that the royal family would be dragged into this somehow. And unfortunately, it does sully their reputation. They're, they're a very good reputation with the British public. And somewhat, because we've never had a situation before where for a death rate of, of, you know, one or less than 1%, a universal death rate of less than 1%, you're going to have to have this injection, this, this experimental injection, which, in fact, the government, um, Tim, over here, has sent around leaflets like this, I don't know if your viewers can see this. This is the government leaflet that I received uh, as part of the propaganda on the COVID vaccine. And you can see that it says a guide for older adults because I'm an older adult, according to the government, and therefore a vulnerable person. And on page 11, it makes this statement. It says, we do not yet know whether it will stop you from catching and passing on the virus. So this is what the government says about its own vaccine, that it's funding and it's pushing out to the public. We do not yet know whether it will stop you from catching and passing on the virus. So this is what the government in the UK says about its own injections, its own mRNA, its Pfizer vaccine, its AstraZeneca, which is a adenovirus, 
and the Moderna vaccine. We don't actually have the Moderna, but we have the AstraZeneca and the Pfizer. So this is what the government says. This is what the Queen is pushing out to the public, something that they don't know whether it works or not. Well, you don't have to be a PhD or anybody of any note to question what does this mean? If the government itself is saying they don't know if it works or not, why would the Queen be on television telling everybody to have it as a, a selfless uh, act? It does seem rather strange, rather crazy. In fact, bizarre, because there's never been a vaccine marketed to the public with a strap line like this. And I'm sure Kate would, would bear that up. But to move on, really, what this is part of is what we, we mentioned, I think, last week, which is this, this elevation of technique, of technology, of the te technique of vaccination to a sacred status in society where it assumes the authority of a religion or the status of a religion. And so everybody's looking towards this this injection to bring us to the, back to a normal society. Well, it's a false belief. It's, it's totally false. We should never sacralize technology or faith in technology. The only thing you should sacralize is God and your, your faith in God. And it's a false yeah. belief, this. It's a false belief. And it's being peddled out to the public in order to draw them in, to this, this faithless, um, actually unsacred society that believes in vaccination and injections and the whole edifice, the whole false edifice of modern biomedicine as some sort of saviour for society, some sort of sacred cow, some sort of false god, really. And it, it is on that level, I'm afraid to say, quite a satanic belief yep. that's being peddled. Well, that's exactly right. In Revelation 18, 23, I've said this over and over, the nations are deceived. And this, I believe Revelation applies to the first century, but I believe there's application all throughout human history. And one of the things it says is the nations were deceived by their sorceries. And again, the word for sorceries in the Greek is pharmakia, where we get the word pharmacy. And so the mm -hmm. people trust the, the synthetic man-made drugs or the snake oil, if you will, instead of what God has given us. You know, mm -hmm. we, we brought Kate on, started bringing her on because I got to thinking, how does this fit with liberty? Well, nutrition, what we mm -hmm. eat, what we take into our bodies, how we care for them and all is part of what God has commanded anyway. He says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he warns us against excess, whether that's in food or drink. Uh, whether it's a, a, a non-intoxicant or an intoxicant, he warns us against excess and all of those things. And so I say, okay, yeah, this is a this is a measure of liberty. This is why we brought Kate in. And you know, you were talking about these the, the vaccines and stuff. It's not just the vaccines; it's the testing. Um, mm. Virtually every day that John Rappaport puts something out on the weekend, because I know he promotes his um, his, his stuff on um, the the, uh, the Matrix stuff that he has. He promotes that through the weekend, but <clears throat> through the week, the stuff he comes up with is incredible. He's been doing a lot of stuff on the PCR test, the fraudulent nature of it. And then yesterday, and, and I just picked these up. I give it a little introduction, let him say what he says, and then, 
you know, push people out to him. But yesterday he had this one. Um, the former CBS Health Watch reporter provides memo to attorneys and clients to defeat COVID test fraud. The day before that, <clears throat> uh, this wasn't his, but this is Dr. Andrew Kaufman the, and, and Dr. Tom Cowan. The doctor's definitive statement on COVID, the virus was never proven to exist, and here's why. And people can go to Dr. Kaufman's website, andrewkaufmanmd.com. You can read this statement on virus isolation and why they say it. The, the fraud that has been perpetrated here is downright criminal, and because the people don't bring justice against the people who are perpetrating the fraud, go read the book of Amos. It says, you put far away the evil day. In other words, you won't bring justice against those who are doing evil, and you cause the seed of violence to come near. What are we seeing over there in the UK that's even more than it is here? We're seeing those police come out like armies against innocent people because they don't have a mask on, because they're out at a different time, because they're standing around, because they're not exercising, because whatever. Stuff that isn't even morally wrong, they're bringing out. And why is that, folks? Because God, his word is true. You can bank on it. And the fact of the matter is, is if you continue to do that and not repent and bring justice against these people... You're going to bring the violence right to your doorstep, right to you, right to your children. This is why this getting this in your head and your heart is so important because we have to put a stop to it and some criminals have to answer for their crimes. Uh, back to you. First of all, I'd like to say it's a disgrace yeah. that Dr. Corbett was sent a leaflet as an, as an older person and vulnerable because he's fitter than most people. He cycles every single day. He's so fit. And he doesn't look his age. So they're uh, all laughing aside. Do you see, you know, that, that it's such a wide thing to talk about someone uh, being vulnerable just because of age. Because yes. your health is, is, you can no longer say, oh, your, your health is declining just because you're old. Because we see people in their 50s and 60s that are fitter and much healthier, eating healthier foods than people in their 20s. And 30s, and we've certainly seen, and Dr. Corbett will back me on this, our actual nursing profession has a big problem. And it was, it was mentioned in the media a couple of years ago of obesity. Very, very obese nurses. They actually use the obese and overweight nurses in, in the advertising of the nursing profession. So they have obese nurses. They have overweight nurses. And then we see this, and I, I'm sorry if it offends anyone who is overweight, but you cannot be overweight and healthy. It's impossible. It's a dichotomy because the, the two things do not go together. If you are overweight, all of that weight is being carried through your spine and through your knees, through your joints. And what's the first thing that we notice going wrong on people that are overweight? They start having knee problems because they're hauling around a lot of extra weight. So... Um, and we also know that sugar in the diet switches the immunity off. We know that the oils, as we've talked about on the show, push oxygen away from the cells, the bad oils, but the good ones will pull it to the cells. And in order to generate an immune response, we have oxygen in the presence, sugar in the presence of oxygen generates ATP. So, you know, we've talked about all these things. Um, going back to our healthcare system, or, or what hospital kills, as I call them, um, we, we know that everything's being shut down. And now in the press, they talked about DIY cervical screening kits. 
So uh, we already know that their you know, parents are going to be let leash with these swabs for their children to put right up the nose. We've got the cribriform plate. I mean, I, I cannot imagine how much damage is going to be done to children unwittingly by their parents inserting these up the child's nostrils twice a week. And that's before we even talk about what's on them. Um, you know, you start uh, perforating that and you could cause meningitis, just one of many things, encephalitis, you can cause all kinds of things. But then, you know, you, you start having people doing DIY, DIY testing, the cervical testing. Um, first of all, is it going to be done correctly? The clinics are all closed. So people aren't being diagnosed. And certainly they never tell women when they go and have a smear that they must have protected intercourse for six to eight weeks afterwards because they're going to have a raw patch on their cervix. And when you bring in um, semen, which is it's toxic anywhere else in the body other than where the Lord intended it to be, but you've then got inflammation, a little wound. And so you don't want that semen on there. So you should be using protected uh, barrier methods, but they don't tell you that. No, they're sending people to do it at home now. This is not healthcare at all. It certainly isn't healthcare. And those professionals out there saying that they're healthcare advisors, you're lying. You don't even know how to heal a body and reverse disease. You're just working for the devil. You're just pimping for pharma. The whole healthcare system is not about the patient. It's about the government, it's about big pharma, and it's about the medical industry. And Dr. Corbett can lead on beautifully from that about what our industry actually is. And, and I just would like to say, just to give women who are going to do this, your, your, you know, your women's health, you are what you eat. Today's food becomes tomorrow's cells. If you're putting toxic chemicals on your body or certainly in regions of your body and using laundry detergents with these Comfort and Lenore, that's all impregnated into the fabric. That means it's going into your delicate nether regions where the pH is quite specific. Um, and that's whether it's acidic or whether it's, it's alkaline and the, the vagina is naturally acidic. Otherwise, you get an overgrowth of bacteria. So you start using all these nasty chemicals and these douches and you start eating a lot of sugar and eating a lot of alcohol, uh, drinking a lot of alcohol, you're going to change the pH of those areas. So you're going to set up inflammation because you're going to be more likely to have bacterial infections, yeast infections. We know that, sh- that yeast thrives on sugar. And if you're not the pH you should be because you're eating all these diets, you're going to start getting candida and inflammation again in your cervix. So let's avoid all need of these hospital systems by eating and living the way we're supposed to. Over to you, Dr. Corbett. Well, what's happened is that the, the normal healthcare has been suspended and shut down and everything has gone on to a virtual level. So everything's going to be done over the phone, on the telephone or on screen, at distance, not hands-on in physical situ. So this applies to everything. It's become a COVID health service in many countries where people are being kept away from normal health services, where, where they have been trained previously to come into clinics and to come into hospitals. Now they're 
Now it's the reverse. They're being pushed away from clinics and health services. And unfortunately, majority of people don't have access to anything that's alternative. And they've been brainwashed into believing that allopathic medicine is what they need and what they desire. So what you have actually is this situation where the public has been trained to move towards allopathic medicine and you know suck it all in and now they're being prevented from doing that so they've been misguided in two directions and um and what's awful is that people are now suffering in silence they're not able to access anything and they're having services turned off they're having refusals they're having uh, services withdrawn from them that previously they had access to and they can't understand why that's happening just because of the so-called COVID um, scam, you know, because of this so-called um, flu-like virus, if it is that, and of course it isn't. We all know that it hasn't been isolated. It's only a genetic sequence, if anything, and that's questionable. Dr. Corby, can, can I interject something there? Because I, I see some kind of a parallel to some things that I've, being, I've seen set up that are on the positive side of that here, at least in the States, <clears throat> to deal with the over-bearing you know, bearing cost of uh, healthcare issues, I was reporting on some doctors, I think they were in the state of Texas, there were like three or four of them, that just decided to say, look, I'm not taking insurance, I'm not taking uh, government funding, <clears throat> and I'm going to do house visits. I'm going to actually come to your house and do house visits, and I think they were doing them for like 50 bucks. It was nothing. Uh, you know, it was cheaper than the people's copay with yeah, insurance sure. or something. So they were doing, they, they started doing that and they were finding that they were gaining a large, uh, mm. you know, bit of people who liked yeah. that because it was personal. I mean, when you're dealing with somebody in their body, you can't diagnose that stuff over the phone. You, you need to check certain things physically. This to me seems when you say they're they're isolating it out, they're not getting services, they're doing all this. To me, it's setting up for the whole thing. What we read about Moderna, where they call their medicine, they don't even call it a vaccine. They call it a medicine that is an operating system. That's their words, not mine. An operating system, and you know, Dr. Kerry Madey talked about uh, this ability to interact with technology, Wi-Fi, and stuff like this. To me, this is what it looks like they're trying to push people towards. You isolate them, you push them out. Okay, we're going to see you by the camera. We're going to see you by the computer. Kind of like the songbird thing. Every morning you wake up, you put the telephone to your head, and it takes your temperature, determines whether you got a virus or not, all this kind of stuff. That seems to me as to where they're trying to push this, and this becomes that technocracy, that the health part of the technocracy tyranny, tyranny that we're seeing uh, that's coming. Would you agree with that or disagree or, or change something about that? I totally agree with that. And if you look at, I mean, we know what we know. We know that you can't do, you can't do any medicine in the broadest definition of that term through virtual means. You have to have physical presence, the material presence. And this is this is part of the agenda at the moment to bring in, you know, you, you take the we know the PCR test doesn't work. We know the virus isn't there. It hasn't been existentially validated. Its existence hasn't been confirmed through the normal, normal 
chemical processes and electron microscopy processes in biomedicine. We know this, and the authorities know this as well, because it's being made very clear to them. If they fail to acknowledge it, they're lying, because we brought this to the attention of Boris Johnson's government last May, June and July. In the UK, we had a national petition, which I helped write, about the non-isolation of SARS-CoV-2 and the fact that it hadn't fulfilled cautious postulates. This is well ahead of what's happening now. We had this last spring and summer, all last summer. And the, the petition we had, the public petition, it's still up on the website. And it has had thousands and thousands of signatures. I mean, you know, how many, how many more of these things do we need? Now, Andrew Corkman, wonderfully, and Thomas Kahn doing the same thing in much more detail, much more scientific detail in the US and internationally. And they're getting thousands of signatures. They're getting thousands of signatures. So the Corman Drosten Review has deconstructed the PCR test showed it to be flawed, and not just flawed, but fraudulent. It's a fraudulent test that should never be used in clinical practice. It's not a medical diagnostic, and it's not really anything other than a laboratory tool. So it should never be used in clinical services. And I think you've got the CormanDrostenReview.com on your website, Tim. I'm sure you have got that paper. Um, yeah, so, I may have that on there. I'm not sure, but you're right. They're they're up to like 3,858 signatures. They, folks, yeah. you can go here and sign on yeah. if you agree with their assessment. This yeah. gives more voice to the people. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And so, so, and also, um, Tim, in Canada, Christine Massey, who's an anti-fluoride campaigner and also a trained scientist. Uh, life scientist, she has also uh, c um, c corralled all the freedom of information requests right across over 30 countries, showing that individual nations have never isolated SARS-CoV-2 in terms of the purified isolate, purified viral isolate. So there's been huge amounts of work here done between the UK, uh, US and Canada, and then internationally on this whole issue of the non-existence of SARS-CoV-2, the lack of material evidence to show that it exists as a, an isolated, purified entity, viral entity. So put that to one side. What's coming in as a result of this is this economic reset, this technocracy, that, that where every individual human being is seen as an economic unit, as an economic consumptive unit, as, an, as a unit of consumption of, you know, power, medicine, whatever. That's the definition of a technocracy. It sees individual human beings, not as humans, but as robotic units that need to be measured and quantified. And, and this, is what's, this is what's being driven through with this shift in the way allopathic medicine is being delivered to a, a virtual plane rather than on a material real, real plane where you go in and you see a doctor. But does every cloud has a silver lining? And this is a black cloud. And the silver lining really is the death of allopathic medicine, the death of this technocracy. 
because it can't survive. It has the germs of its own demise within it. It has the, it has the, the seed of its own destruction inbuilt, hardwired, if you want to use the genetic uh, metaphor, into it. And it cannot survive because it isn't powerful enough to exert its force right across the population. You know, even if you believe what the government here is saying, that the majority of people are going to take this injection, misnamed vaccination, well, these people are going to get ill, either in the medium, uh, the short, medium or long term, you know, depending on their, their, their risk profile and their disease, existing disease profile. This has been well documented by therapists like Kate Shamarani and, and others. We very clearly identified this from the get-go. And what's going to happen then is these people are going to get ill. These are the people that the government's going to rely on to keep this technocracy working because machines can't do it. They're not sophisticated enough. And there aren't enough, there isn't enough control in the system. Look, you can see, I haven't got any lights on in this room. It's sunshine today. It's a blue sky in London here. It's a cloudless sky, really. People are going out already. I was in Hyde Park this morning in central London, and there's lots of people out. I was in another park yesterday. It was hundreds of people in the park I was in yesterday. Hundreds of people and no police. There isn't enough officers to control the population. And now what you're going to see is people are getting tired of these lockdowns. They're going to be breaking the rules. The social distancing is becoming relaxed. You just cannot generate enough fear porn. When you're getting the queen on TV to tell people to vaccinate, you know they're in trouble. They really are in trouble because that's the last line, really. The queen does a show every year at Christmas, and that's it, basically. But now they've brought her out, you know, they've brought her out in between the Christmas shows to do this vax show, which really, I didn't watch it, but people who have said it's rather comical and they disputed whether it was actually the Queen, whether it was an actress or whatever. But, but seriously, you know, whatever, they're in trouble because people are not buying into this narrative, you know. And anybody who's read leaflets like this, I mean, look at this from the NHS and the government, you know. We do not know, we do not yet know whether... This vaccine will stop you from catching and passing on the virus. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even take an aspirin based on that, would you? So why should you take a fast-tracked so-called vaccine injection that hasn't been through phase three trials, that's been generated within six months last year to make billions to the pharmaceutical industry why would you believe that that would do you anything other than harm? Even yeah, I, I, I completely, I completely agree with that. In fact, it was kind of interesting at the the first part of the week. Uh, I think it was on Monday's show that I did it. I played um, <clears throat> Biden, Joe Biden, and they. You know, this is not a question of the little girl, but her mom comes up and reads the question. Oh, my daughter's concerned she might get COVID. And uh, what can you tell her about that? How soon can the kids get the vaccine? Now, we know that, that we were told children really aren't affected by this. I mean, 
this hoax, whatever it is that, that's going on. In fact, I was going to read this. Somebody put in here that uh, some people at a university did a study, and they came to the conclusion that what we're dealing with is the influenza type A and type B, I think is what they said. I haven't read the story, but that's what they put in the chat. I don't know if you want to speak to that. But Biden turns around and tells this mother and the, the little girl, he says, you don't have anything to worry about. This doesn't really affect kids, and you can't pass it to your parents, and your parents can't pass it to you, which begs the question, if parents can't pass it, and they're older, obviously, because they're parents, um, why are they wearing masks? If kids can't pass it to anybody, why are they wearing masks? I mean, I don't think people are thinking, th- well, I no, I I... I let me change that. I think a lot of people are, are thinking through that. They're seeing through the lies, and they're saying, I'm having none of it. Me and my son went to the, the bank the other day. They had the lobby closed the, the previous week. We went to the bank, going through the drive through and I said, I need to move money out of this account into this account because it's coming from a completely different bank in another state. <clears throat> and the lady's like, well, this is going to take some time. You can come into the lobby, but you got to wear a mask. I said, I ain't wearing a mask. I said, and... And you're wrong if you refuse me service. You're you're violating the law to do that. And she goes, you're not going to wear a mask? And I said, no, ma'am. I said, it's like that fence over there. I said, it's like me strapping a chain-link fence to my face and hoping a gnat doesn't get through. So I, I told her, I sa- she said, go around and do this. And the lady came out, the other lady came out the back. And she was thrilled because it's a beautiful day here. And uh, she came out with her mask on. I said, you can take that mask off if you want while you're around me. I don't care. But she said, it feels so good out here in the sun. I'd like to take this off, but they got cameras out here, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, you know, the law applies for you, too, as an employee. That They're not they're not required to – or they can't require you to do that or lose your job kind of thing. They're, they're in big trouble if they do it. So the propaganda comes out, and I don't think, guys I, – I don't think they can, they can keep up with their lies. And once – you know, it's that old tale that I was told when I was little. Tim, when you tell a lie – you have to tell another one to cover up that. Then you have to tell this one. And pretty soon, you can't keep up with which one you told. And, you know, if you'd have just told the truth, you know what the truth is. You don't have anything to change uh, uh, over that. You know what the truth is. But these people keep telling us lie after lie after lie about all sorts of things. And then when they're called on it, like in this case here, they end up blurting the truth out in their confusion of trying to tell more lies. Well, you know, Tim... We had right from the get-go last year with this scam, we were told this only affects a certain demographic of the population, a certain group within the population, older age groups, people basically at risk for so-called influenza. Children were never involved in that picture at all. Now, a year later, somehow, we've got to the situation where the British government is putting out fear porn to the parents of children in secondary schools, that's 11 and upwards, that they're at risk of this so-called virus and, and uh, through a, something called asymptomatic transmission, which they define as transmission of, between people who have no symptoms, which is total nonsense. It's been debunked on several research studies, but the prostitute scientists in the British universities who manufacture evidence for money. They will manufacture evidence for money, like prostitutes will do anything for money. Research scientists are no different. They're 
scientific prostitutes to produce so-called evidence to fit any narrative. They're producing this fear porn science to generate massive money, income for pharmaceutical products, the tests, so that parents are being pushed towards testing their children every twice every week. That's and the teachers are being paid, aren't they, Kevin? Uh, yes, a teacher signed to a contract. We've had, we've had anecdotal evidence, which we're researching, of teachers being given £50 to personally take the test. You know? Now, Kevin, Kevin, can you translate that for can you translate that for American listeners? Can you translate that for American listeners? What's fifty pounds? What are they getting for that? It's about seventy five dollars. Fifty pounds. Yeah, it's about seventy five dollars. The teacher who told me. Okay. It was a teacher who told me herself, straight from her mouth, and she's at home working, distance working. And she was paid fifty pounds a test twice a week. The person comes to the door. They now mm. dropped it to £25 per test. And yeah. she's obviously been watching a lot of the stuff that we put out, the mm. Oracle films. And she said, I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to do this test. I'm just going to put it in. I'm not testing myself. And then she said, I don't know how much longer I've got. Let me think. And then she said, oh, I've only got till March because we signed up for the year. So mm. they signed up to be tested for an entire year. These teachers which is driving up the false positives. It's utterly outrageous. And them again, you know, they're going to be their own downfall because they don't want the schools open. They want distance learning again. One computer uh, is going to kick out to all the kids. They just need one person, one, uh, you know, AI teacher like George Orwell's 1984, the kids sit in front of it. And so, uh, you know, this is idolatry. The minute that somebody takes the test, the minute that somebody accepts the test for themselves, whether to travel or for work or for anything, it is giving it an endorsement. You're endorsing it. You're validating it. You're applying it to your own body and you're subjecting yourself to the power of that test. You become a subject of the test. You become governed by the technology. You're endorsing it. It's like doing an advert. It's like doing an advertisement for it. You know, you're advertising the validity of it by accepting it for your own body. That's why I will never have it. I will never, ever have it. I have never had an HIV test and I will never have a COVID test, SARS-CoV-2 test, because you're allowing that science to become that sacralized science, that false God to assume power of your body that is wrong. It's morally, it's, it's, it's wrong in terms of Christianity, and it's wrong in terms of the science. Well, the Kevin, Kevin, let me, let me interject that again. I, I, I think it's wrong to call it science. I think you do too, because I can tell you're searching for another word there. Paul says it's science falsely called. And so yeah. I think we need to call it for what it is. We just need to use a simple term that everybody use that everybody understands called fraud. And I want to remind people, and you guys are aware of it, you were saying they've been doing this for a year, Kate. I want to remind mm. people, it's been a year, an entire year, mm. since we were told 14 days to flatten the curve. Yeah. It's been over yeah. a year. And I think that what we need to keep in mind is what I just what I quoted out of, <clears throat> of Amos. When the people wouldn't repent, God said, you better repent. You better. 
And, you know, God's going to get tired of that showing mercy. Now, he's, his mm-hmm. mercies are new every day for his people. There's no question about that. The scriptures are very clear. But I'm going to tell you about a yeah. rebellious people. There's going to come a time, like he says in the book of Amos, he's going to say, that's enough. Prepare to meet your God. And, <clears throat> we're, you know, I think that the message that we're giving in exposing this, one is Ephesians 5.11, we're to expose the works of darkness. This is the work of darkness, folks. There's no question about it. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he's doing through this whole COVID thing, the vaccines, all of this stuff. That's what he's doing. Make no bones about it. And if people don't wise up, those judgments are going to become mandatory. Mandatory uh, in the sense that, you know, you guys were talking about this last year. You were talking about it last year, Nuremberg trials. You were talking about uh, the Nazification, Dr. Corbett, of the health industry, all of that, bringing it together. These people are taking an experimental drug that's been pushed into an emergency use through unelected bureaucrats. I'll remind people, through unelected bureaucrats, not doctors and people who work with with actual patients. I mean, Dr. Fauci has no patients. Dr. Burks had no patients. The people probably who are speaking over there in the UK probably have no patients. They're they're unelected bureaucrats. They've pushed yeah. these things on the people, and now it's become pretty much a, a death knell for some people. I mean, we've we've reported on several of these things. Now, guys, we've got a little bit over a minute. Do you guys want to hang on and cover a few things after the the radio show, or do you need to go? I, I can stay an extra five minutes, then I have to go because the okay. forest beckons. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, we'll get you on your way very soon. Guys on Red State Talk Radio, we're going to stay over five minutes or so and uh, cover a couple of other things coming out of the U.K. there. And uh, by the way, when we do the archive, Kate was talking about you ladies. You want um, your makeup or something like that that's not going to be bad for you, taking it in. Those links will be in the archive where you can get that stuff from her. And she's not selling it. I'm pushing it for her because she gives of her time to come on here and inform us of, of things. And then Dr. Corbett's site will also be linked up there as well as, I don't I think they kicked you guys off for the medical revolutionaries. I'm not sure, but those links will, will be is. in the archive. Okay. The, the links, <laughs> of, the links of everything will be in the archive. So what we've got is we're going to close out the show here for red state talk radio. If you guys want to join us, jump on, D live at the sons of Liberty, or you can go to Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL, or you can go to before it's news.com. We're live there on the front page. And also if you click on that, uh, sons of Liberty media.com, or if you click on before it's news, you can join in the chat for the final few minutes that we're going to uh, carry over here. You guys have who are on the radio who are not going to join us. Have a great weekend. Great Lord's day, 6 a.m. Eastern time. We'll talk to you on Monday. See you. Okay, guys, I, I I tried to fill in that that space of time just to close out the show, but I, I and I couldn't give you enough time to kind of close out with any final comments that you want to do. So, Kate, you got to get going. So let me let me start with you. Final comments on things for today, and then we'll we'll turn it over to you, Doctor Corbett. I, I think it's fantastic, uh, Doctor Corbett, and I have talked about um, it's been coming for a long time. Starting up the British Nursing Alliance, and this is um, you know something that's I, I really want to do. Nursing is no longer a vocation. Uh, Dr. Corbett was a senior nurse lecturer in nursing, and it's no longer a vocation. People are not trusting the nurses. Uh, and not all nurses, uh, you know, are going along with this, but many are getting suspended. Many are having to lie and they're going to get found out. And um, 
Many of them are looking to sign somewhere else. And we do, we've talked a lot about this. And what I, I envisage is a nursing register where the nurses wear a particular uniform. They're easy to recognizable. They have to fulfill a module that is in dietary healing. I've been speaking to someone about that. She's prepared to write the module for us. And they will be accountable to themselves. And they won't be employed and have to follow a hospital's um, there, all of what they say, it will be absolutely, totally 100% patient centric, and they will be advocating always for the patient. And I think that um, this could work where you talked about the doctors going in the homes where people will actually pay for one of these nurses to come to their homes and uh, do a full assessment like you would in, in naturopathic medicine, which is fantastic to do. You do it head to toe or you treat these patients. And I think uh, that could possibly grow to the point where you may get private hospitals employing these nurses or people employing these nurses to work when their loved one is sick. And then it will grow from there. And I understand that we've had in the press as well that they are calling, um, one of our government uh, buffoons is calling for, uh, let's call them actually, they're not buffoons, they're actually criminals. One of our government criminals was calling for doctors who are refusing to give this device, um, this experimental device. He's calling for those doctors to be reported to the General Medical Council. And I believe on their website, uh, they're talking about how they will handle those doctors. And they're stating that the doctors uh, should, it's, it's their responsibility as doctors to do these vaccines, calling them vaccines, devices. But of course, it isn't. A doctor and a nurse should always advocate first and foremost for the patient. It should always be that they will do for that patient what that patient would do for themselves should they have the physical ability or the, the will to do it or the knowledge to do it or to aid them to a comfortable death. It's either to recovery or death. It should never be um, about the responsibility because it's not about the greater good of all. Uh, when I worked in the emergency room, you would have somebody in the waiting room whose loved one had a broken arm. Um, they weren't particularly interested who was in the resuscitation room having their chest pumped. Um, they're only concerned about their loved one. Um, and again, you know, uh, you know, regards to, to having this, it, it, if it works so well, why are they worried about other people not having it? You know, let them all go. If they want to get a petition going saying, those who are COVID deniers and who, who don't want their you know, they don't want to wear a mask, shouldn't have the vaccine. Good, I'm, I'll sign that one. Um, on you go, sleeves up. Um, because they, they have enough, they not have enough info out there. But I do think there is becoming a huge void now. There's a void which people are paying the national insurance. They're paying for this service that is no longer there. And so this is an ideal opportunity. And as Dr. Corbett said, the death of allopathic medicine is coming because it's witchcraft and sorcery. Um, there is going to be a, a void there that this is a fantastic opportunity to fill it and to grow it and to give people what they want and need. Amen. Let me let me interject one thing, and Dr. Corbett, I'll let you close this out. Uh, and, and I want to give this as a positive thing because, you know, we've talked about all the, the tyranny that's coming in and all this kind of stuff, but... The Bible also says, uh, the psalmist writes, it was good that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. And I, I remember years ago listening to uh, a, a preacher at a conference I was at, 
and he talked about a young man that had HIV. He was he was going to die. He had been mm-hmm. in, involved in a lot of promiscuity, uh, intravenous drug use, all kinds of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and he became very sick and was going to die. And then mm-hmm. he died, and they called the pastor in to do the funeral. And the pastor says, well, does he have any kind of writing, something that I can kind of get what was going on with him? Did he keep a journal? They, he, the guy kept a journal. And he started mm-hmm. keeping the journal when he got sick. And one of the last entries that he put in there was that psalm. Mm-hmm. And he, he, had be, he had converted and become a Christian during that time, and he rejoiced over the fact that though he didn't like what he was going through, he was thankful that God afflicted him, that he might learn his statutes. And uh, our friend uh, in the chat said, I'm so thankful for everything that has happened to me over the last year. It's been a lot mm-hmm. of twists and turns. I don't understand it all, but I'm trusting in God's plan and following it. And I think a lot of people have been brought to repentance through even what they've seen here. There's a lot that haven't. They're still... You know, saying, oh, I can handle it with my doctors. I can handle it with my vaccines. I need to social distance. I need to put my mask on, blah, 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 blah. And for those people, the judgments are going to get harsher. I'm just telling you, that's what God says he's going to do. But I think there's a positive aspect for some people. They have learned some things. I think some people have had their eyes open to the tyranny of their government that they thought were so benevolent to them. And now they're standing for that. And I, I... I, I, I don't want to leave it that there's not any positive things going on. There are. There are lots of positive things. But still in front of us is the, the dishonoring of man and of God by those who are, Kate, mm-hmm. you're right, criminals. Uh, Dr. Corbett? Well, this is what we were talking about earlier. The you know Every cloud has a silver lining. And um, as much as it's despondency and desperation and this is what you see from the the governments this desperation this drum banging this fear porn the negative messages you know that the you, you know that they're in trouble when they're saying all doctors have got to have a vaccine we've never had these messages before they are desperate to put these fear porn messages out they are desperate to drive the narrative to its ultimate technocratic end game, where they've got to get the queen out in between Christmas to drive home the vaccine message. It's really desperate. It's desperation. And I have to say that this is tinged for most of us with hope because, you know, we're, we're doing, um, you know, Matthew 5, um, 543, where we're loving our enemies. Because that's what we have to do. That's what we should be doing. We're not hating them. We're, we're, we're pitying them. We're loving them. And we're saying, we're going to survive this. There's hope and there is a better future here. And as Kate said, there's a vacuum opening up. And you described it yourself, Tim, in the States. People are doing it for themselves. They're not relying on this technocracy that's failing. It's failing hopelessly, hopelessly, you know, absolutely desperately. They're going to be able to do what they're trained to do, and they're going to do it, whatever. And then we're going to provide services. The void will be filled. Healthcare staff will come forward. They will emerge new services and new facilities. 
and it will be very tentative. It will be very localized. It won't be globalized. There'll be local solutions in all sorts of areas that will be different across the world. And localism will grow. And this, this technocratic dystopia that, that, they, that, that is part of the sort of satanic agenda, to use that term, will, will fade, it will, will die. Its seeds of destruction are within it. It cannot possibly take hold and grow in the way that the, that the authorities have envisaged or facilitated. Maybe unconsciously they've done it. They haven't maybe done it consciously as a plan, but this confluence of interests led by the pharmaceutical industry and the, the prostitute scientists, this will fail. It's failed already. I mean, go out in the streets of London now and you'll see people walking in masses, you know? This, this is not what the authorities have been telling people. They're desperate to tell people to stay indoors. But when you've got a sunny day like this, people are going to go out. Yep. Nature is in charge. So that is the message. It is a hopeful message. And I think to end on that would be this notion of contemplative life away from the mainstream media. Because I think that's part of the problem, the infection of the mainstream media fear porn. If you can cut that right down and reduce your exposure to it, then you're going to be able to have a more contemplative life. Amen. And just to quote this philosopher, Jacques Ellul, contemplation restores to man the spiritual breath of which technology divests him to objects, their significance, and to work its functional presence. So what he's saying there is this technological society, you know, it, you can escape it. You can destroy it, not with 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 weapons or with anything other than avoiding it subverting mm. it through contemplation through alternative means other than the official ones so this is the inversion that we're getting at the moment we have to reinvert the messages we're getting and we have to learn and have the confidence of our training to do what we've been taught to do and do it for ourselves and our loved ones our families and our communities and to avoid the fear porn and the mainstream media messages. Amen. I, I think that's a good message. And uh, I posted a meme one time that said, if you want to get rid of COVID, and it's got the guy and his family cheering him on, he's got one of those old television sets, you know, the big one, and he's chunking it over the railing. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. Uh, people don't understand. I think Lee Garrett, when we had him on the show, was talking about the stuff he had to subject himself to in order to go after these pedophiles and how it even affected him uh, he didn't like having to deal with it but he did it for the sake of saving some kids and i think sometimes i you know i get weary bradley and i talk about it we get just weary of reading some of these things that we have to address here that are just such lies and such uh, some of it's just wicked i mean it really is and people will never know what it is to have to deal with that all day and to come out and to refute it mm. and to put it out there. They just – you have no idea of how it wears you down. And you know what? The only thing that can build you up is this right here. It's the Word mm. of God. If you're not putting that in every day, you are going to just be torn down. You're going to be trodden underfoot. 
Uh, and and it's not because you don't quote unquote believe things, but you're not acting them out. You're not you're not standing. You're not in the fight, so to speak. And so I want to encourage people. Look for the good things that have come out of this past year. That's one. Give God thanks for them, the good things that you've learned from it. Maybe it's even repentance because the Bible tells us that God grants repentance. Okay? That's not something you just come up with out of yourself. God grants repentance. And also, get in the Word. Uh, Spend your time with the Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Call upon Him, and He will show you great and mighty things that you know not. If we'll do those kinds of things. Guys, I appreciate you staying over, being with us again. Uh, somebody said we ought to call it the Special K Show. I like that. That's kind of uh, that, that, that's a good title for it, too. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out, and uh, it, it'll be clever. The Special K, I really like, though. Um, Kate and Kevin, thank you so much again for your time. It's very precious, and we always appreciate you guys uh, spending time with us. Guys, again, have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day. Don't miss time with the people of God. You need that, too. The Bible commands that. You get encouraged and built up. If you don't have people who are holding the Word of God, Find somebody to fellowship with on the Lord's Day. Build each other up in the faith for the work of ministry. And we'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday. See ya.